The Columbus River Dragons are back on the ice this fall looking for another league championship. Season ticket memberships for every home game in the 2022-23 season are available now by visiting rdragons.com slash tickets or by calling the offices at 706-507-4625. Don't miss familiar foes like the Carolina Thunderbirds and the Watertown Wolves come to town. Or how about the newest southern rival to the FPHL, the Mississippi Sea Wolves. Ticket packages start as low as $300 for all 28 home games this season. Call 706-507-4625 for more details. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Two Minutes of Roughing. I am, of course, your host, Meyer League Reno, joined by a returning personality here. He was, of course, with us for our live show on Monday when uh, recording us on Wednesday. But still, Chris, welcome back to the show. What's up? Well, what is up? Uh, um, uh, a lot, a lot is up. I can say we can say that. <laughs> uh, don't you just don't you just love covering this stuff, Chris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think sorry, that's a sorry. I just got a text in the last second here. Yeah, no. I, it, at least, not, at least I'm not losing my marbles like Mark. Oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, moving on. Uh, so. Uh, let's just go and start getting right into it, talking about uh, the FPHL. Not a lot of news, so we're just going to head straight and talk about the standings. Uh, Columbus, uh, of course, started off with the Continental Division as normal. Did you see what happened in that game? Are we going to talk yeah, about that? Yeah, I was going to let you talk about that a little bit because yeah. that, that looked uh, that was uh, not great. I've heard some things about it, too, from some fans in the building. Okay, you you tell the story then. So, first off, Columbus won in overtime on, was it Friday? They won on Friday. Clean right. win, whatever. Good game. I mean, it was, I from what I heard from people inside Gamer Arena, that was like a true, like, playoff atmosphere. Like, now, the, the place wasn't as packed as it's been all year. I, I did see that it was not a big crowd compared to the rest of the games. I think there was the smallest crowd in person there this year. Um, Saturday had some more people there. Saturday was more like so it was two one Friday. Saturday was more scoring, and they went to overtime again. And without a minute left, Mike Falanga got a pass from somebody and squeaked it right through Christian Pavlos. But I think it was Frejo who ripped it off the line, and it was initially called no goal. It was initially called no goal. So then it goes back the other way. Kelly has a breakaway and they score. Danbury's flipping out. Because Danbury thinks they scored because it looked like it went over the line. And the camera angle was buffering in and out from the second camera angle in Danbury. So it's hard to say. So then the uh so then the referees went over to talk it over. It was it was our friend who was the ref too. Um went over to talk it over, and they overturned it and called it the Danbury goal. Now the more surprising thing was, and I think it's because Gamery fans were throwing stuff from the ice from what I heard. Mm. Columbus didn't go crazy at the officials. They just went off in the locker room. Petrantonio dealt with it, whatever. So Danbury scores. It's a place of a madhouse. So I, I'm asking around people after the game, was it in? What do you think? One guy who's sitting behind the net, my friend Dave, says, barely. Another Roger Katz says his son Brock saw it barely cross the line too. And then I asked Ron Rogel, friend of the program, who was sitting in section 200, which is right over the goal line, overhanging in the rink. If you've been there, you, you know. You know. It's right, I've, I've, I've been the there, rink. so I know said, what you're talking about. Yeah. And he said the whole section, you know, the whole crew they have over there 
said they don't think it crossed the line. So I got mixed feelings. I trust Ron because he's literally sitting right over the net. So we'll see, you know, whatever. You have to remember, a couple weeks ago, it was the Dan Mary Binghamton fiasco. So kind of some karma going back to Danbury compared to what happened against Binghamton a couple weeks ago with the uh, with the with the net off and Binghamton scoring and they called it a goal. So eh, it is what it is. You know what? These those are two of the best teams in the league. Columbus, yeah, they've been they've been sliding a little bit, but their schedule's been hard, man. Look, you look at their schedule. They had Danbury last week, this week, or last week. Yep, two weeks ago they had Port Huron. Yeah, they won those games. The week before they had Carolina. And now they have Carolina again this coming week. So, and Carolina has been playing great, which we'll talk about right now. Mm. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, for Columbus, I think this this is just an interesting kind of, uh, you know, past two weeks. Again, I, I, I the way the way things are going, there's no way that the final is in Columbus, Danbury, right? Barring like. By the way, did you craziness. see pre- pregame? So Saturday night was Nighthawks night, which is why they had a good crowd before the game. Oh. It was Nighthawks night, so they wore cool New Haven Nighthawks jerseys at the game. Before the game, they had a ceremony for a couple former uh, Nighthawks were on the were on the ice, um, including Boom Boom. Boom Boom went out on the ice. <laughs> boom Boom wow. dropped the first puck because he's a former New Haven Nighthawk. Um, I've heard Boom Boom's a great guy from a lot of people. Oh yeah, um, there was someone else there whose name I can't remember. His first name's Eric, I think. He played for the Knights as well. Um, something with a G. He was there because I think he lives in the area. So they had a couple former Nighthawks there at the um at the arena, um, which was very cool. And you know, for them to have uh, Eric Germain, it was Eric Germain who was out there as well. Uh, he he was he dropped the first puck as well, and. So it was very cool, and they got Boom Boom wearing one of the old retro Nighthawks jerseys. I think he took it back with him to Georgia. So it was it was a cool little sight to see Boom Boom out there. Yeah, that, that that's always those little things are always amazing to kind of see and uh, have happen. I, now I have to ask: Was that kind of timed on purpose, or was that just a? I I would like moment? to think it is because the last couple of years they've had New Haven night. It was against Watertown last year, and then the year I worked for the team, I believe we were playing against. De- Oh no, we were playing against Elmira. Hmm. Right, that, that was Elmira in the house. So, I believe this year it must have been planned because they they finally realized that that Boomer played for the Nighthawks because the first year Columbus game here, Boomer didn't coach on, on the road a lot. They had somebody else coaching on the road because he was, you know, completely in with his uh, real estate business, I believe. Yeah. So he what he didn't actually make the trip to Damer. Jeff Krupp did. Which was cool mm-hmm. because he, if you remember, if you heard the story, Jeff Group got into a fight with Tommy Tebow and Tomasello at Dan Mary <laughs> Arena. Yeah, I've heard that one <laughs> of, of, of the Trashers' fame, but yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, and you know, it's interesting to kind of see what what, what kind of happened this weekend with you know all that. But, spe- but speaking I think of the Carolina Dragons, are a good team, and I think getting Christian Pavlos, I really like Christian Pavlos, and getting him has helped this team to goaltending wise because you have him. And it gives some stability back there with Colgan. Yeah, uh, it really does. Uh, but let's talk, let's talk about Carolina now. Uh, four game win streak. Uh, this team, I still think they're going. I think they're they're playing above their weight a little bit. Just just saying. Yeah, I, I can see it. They have 
I mean, they're without Peter, Peter Panachik right now, who's on the broadcast, by the way, which is some great television. He's like he's like the Tony Romo of the Fed, predicting plays before it happens with uh with Brett. They played yeah. Watertown. You know, Watertown's a better team. That game on Saturday was a I mean on uh Friday was a good game. Really good game. And then Columbus, Carolina just dominates Saturday. So, you know, I think they're gonna have those games where they're gonna have a not a great game and then have a great game after. So we'll see. Yeah. So uh, moving on, talking about the next team, uh, the the uh, the jump has officially basically happened. Port Huron, woof, uh, a drop. They didn't play. Yeah, that's true. But still, I mean, you know, not a lot to talk about. But I mean, is this a sign of basically how Carolina has gotten so, I guess, good at the moment, or well, maybe is Port Huron a little bit? sliding down well the court here on finally got a rest this week you know they played the most games than anybody they played 36 and they're coming off of those two losses at columbus yeah whatever then they won three straight against uh motor or they split with motor city this week is tough for them because they have binghamton a team that that they played already at home i don't know why they're playing at home twice this year that's weird especially for out of comp out of division games yeah, and they have Binghamton coming up, and that's going to be a good matchup for them because we remember the first game they got slaughtered was like seventeen two, and the second game they're going to play they won, so they they could play well with them. I'm I'm hoping they do. Yeah. They're a good team. I I I like you know Grammar's built a good roster there, and Johnny as well. You know both of those guys are good dudes, and you know they're not as as freewheeling is what pace ran there and, and he does in Mississippi, but they're, they're there to get a job done. They've got some really good talent on that team and it, it really shows with the way they play. Yeah, it, it is. But speaking of a team, uh, speaking of wheels, motor city, uh, maybe getting back on their feet a little bit. Uh, the wheels aren't off. They're not off. Um, but they're, I mean, all right. They, they beat Elmira twice, two very good games. Yeah, and Babs Babs got suspended. By the way, again, uh, Babs got <laughs> yes. another fight. Uh, go Babs, go! So right now we're waiting on a goalie signing. Blake Scott still held up strong at the end of both those games, and you know, I think this team is a good team. They have good roster, but they, they remember this is the team that's really been hurt the most by call ups. I think this year because they lost arguably their best player, Ian White. I mean, he's probably going to be up in Norfolk for the rest of the year. And they, you know, they're getting guys up and down, but they they've lost a lot of guys. I think they might be them and or Columbus or Dammer leading the league in, in call ups. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of been a team that has been really effective. I mean, of course, Babbin, of course, he's kind of been the reason yeah. this team has been in a lot of games. I think we can say that. I mean, again, the but but, he, but even even when Blake Scott, Blake Scott's a good goalie. I mean, Blake yeah. Scott's had having a career year this year for for Motor City as their backup. And he remember he took over. He was expected to be the third guy to start the year behind behind our good friend Trap. So, yeah, that's that's very true. But uh, moving on, some of Mississippi, uh, unfortunately, uh, still still in the cellar. I hate it. I they hate didn't it. play. Well, they didn't they didn't play. But that's true. But uh, still, they have a chance this week. They have Motor City, and then like you know, they've gotten better. <laughs> I mean. Mississippi has gotten way better than what they were months ago. So I like where this team is going. By the way, listen to uh, Joe Pace interview with Trav. 
Great mm-hmm. interview. Joe Pace is hilarious. Happy belated birthday, Joe Pace, too. Yes, by the way, yeah. Um, the legend, Joe Pace. Um, they have a tough schedule. I mean, they have, you know, this weekend against Motor City. If they can win, and you look at the standings right now in points, if Mississippi can rattle off nine points, they'll cut that deficit to under 20, I believe. Yeah, just under 20, which which would be the equivalent of around five or six regulation wins. So if they can get two regulation wins, they'll be just around 20, actually. Yeah, uh, something to kind of look at. Again, uh, I just I just, I just, just want this team to be good. Why do they have to play? Like, I, I do, too. <laughs> well, I think I, – I said this before. I don't know if on this pod – no, I never said in this podcast – the FBHL should do their playoff format like the NLL. I, I, of course, work in the NLL. The NLL does top four teams in the East. And because the East is so much better in the West, it's the top three teams in the West. And then the fourth seed goes in the West, goes to a the best remaining record, which is either wild card, which is either Eastern or Western team. Last year, there was five teams in the East that got in. And Philadelphia was that fifth, fifth team from the East, the fourth wild card. I think if you do that in the in the FPHL, the Continental and, and Empire, you could actually see the Mississippi Seawolves make a run for that fourth seed in the Empire if they ever decided to do this. Yeah, you know it's it's it's, it's a very right cool now. very cool way the NLL does it, where now you're given you know because of how disparity each conference is, you're given a shot to the other conference, you know. Who has more more better teams to get in? Yeah, that that, that would be interesting to to say the least. But uh, speaking of, uh, we already talked about this a little bit. But Danbury, um, again, they're, not dying. Split, they're fine. They're yeah, fine. split the, they split the weekend. Uh, I know <laughs> you know it's about the splitting. Uh, but yeah, this is definitely a team that is there. But they're they just catching man. They, yeah, that's what I'm Danbury say. has to come out strong. They they have three games in Watertown this week. They start tomorrow or today. Guys, this is going to drop on yeah. Thursday. They start today um, in Watertown. They they're I mean they, look the Hatricks are a good team. I think they've been hurt by a couple call ups here and there as well. But the players have bought into what Billy is saying. Then they bought in every year. He's been the head coach. I mean, you look back. I was just watching earlier today for Fields, the uh, end of season tribute video for season one when I was working with the team and. Butterflies in my stomach. How good that team was, and this team it might be better. Johnny Ruiz said on a Hattrick City um, radio show with my friend Pat and uh, Matt Matt Caputo. By the way, have you seen the Matt Caputo article in Hockey News? I uh, know I haven't gotten a chance. <clears throat> There's an article about minor league fighting, hmm. um, and it includes Billy's in there, Adamo Asklin's in there. Uh, Justin Schmidt, Joe Pace, Daniel Amesbury, they're all in there. It's in the Hockey News, the latest edition. Go check it out. It's in the new shelves wherever you can get it. All right. Thank you. But, yeah, Danbury, like Johnny Ruiz said, look, this team might be better than and more closer than the team they had three years ago for year one. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> it's a good team. But we, the next team we got to talk about, Binghamton, they also have a roll. very good team. They're on a roll. I mean, and they have Port Huron coming up two games. They can definitely win. If they can get in it, you know, remember, they have a game in hand on Danbury, and it'll all, it'll all even up this week. No, it won't even up this weekend because Danbury plays an extra game. My bad. They have to win those games in Port Huron to stay in close. The thing with Danbury is they've, they've had more overtime wins than anybody else this week. 
Stamers had five games gone past and win an overtime or a shootout. They have six overtime shootout wins. Where Binghamton only has two, and you look at the regulation wins. Danbury has 19, Binghamton has 22, and that's the only reason why they're 72 points right behind Danbury with 74. Yeah. Binghamton, it's like, it's like the the issue is like, as we're getting so close, it's like these two teams, like, I, I, like, with how Columbus is seemingly maybe splitting a little bit too much for for probably the top team in the league. You have to wonder if one of these two teams are really the top one. It has I don't think Binghamton has played Columbus yet. I think they're. I think that's very close. They, to have, they, have, they, have, they have four games up with them. They have they have to play them four times by the end of the year. And yeah, they have they have, they have to play Carolina four times as well. Yeah, so this is. I, I think Binghamton like they're Danbury's getting hot played, to my time. Yeah, Danbury's played right Columbus. Time. Danbury's played Columbus and Carolina already this year. Yeah, nine, so nine that's games tough. total. So yeah. Yeah, so Binghamton, I think they're getting ready to face their biggest challenge. If they can like handle those two teams and get those points out of them, then I think there's a very serious chance we could say Binghamton has outdone Danbury, even if the points don't reflect that. Yeah. So uh, I guess moving on, talking about our next team, Elmira, again, a team that is, has clawed their way from last all the way to third. Third place. Uh, I mean, third place. Yeah. Third place. Third yeah. place. Way to go. Way to go, guys. Love it. Mo Levac has done a great thing there. I love Mo and Mike Cosentino. They have really turned that team around, man, from where Tamaris had them at. So good on them. They got winnable games this weekend. I mean, extremely winnable games, um, if you know what I mean. We'll talk about that team coming up. Yeah. Uh, so the next one, Watertown, uh, again, you know, it's like uh, they're in a third division, they're very lucky. Where they're, they're, there's no chance they're going to fall all the way to and, and miss the playoffs, but they should still, be better. Like, they they should yeah. be better. They they, you know, being defending champions, obviously, with Clarkie going up to the SP, that that put a wrench in everything. So yeah, uh, it's just just you know all that. I mean, really, if I'm a, if I'm a Wartown fan, do you consider this kind of like a lost year because of all that? Like right before the season starts, you can have all that change happen. Yeah, maybe because you only had about three weeks with Justin Coachman to start that team up, and then obviously some stuff happens, whatever. Then they had a new coach come in through, and by the way, Justin Coachman statistically has done better than the new coach when he was coach at Watertown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so, uh, yeah. Uh, then I do love last... Curtis though. Shout shout out Curtis. Love yes, Curtis. yeah. Do shout do, Curtis. do shout out Curtis. Uh, then Delaware, it's Delaware. Twenty-eight, baby, twenty-eight. Yeah, twenty-eight, which is a professional hockey record, by as we all know. Mm-hmm. They broke the bees record. Yep. Oh man, I I, I hate. Oh, uh, they made some releases yesterday. I don't know if you saw them. Yeah, I did. Uh, Chris Corgan. Yep. Who's one of our MPH guys? Uh, it has the place where he's going to land come out yet, or has it, it has that, not come uh, out yet? Okay. Yeah, I'll wait then. But he is going to be maybe by Thursday it will. So you will you'll see where Chris Corrigan goes this week. Um, to be you know, and yeah, that's the team that's getting him. They're getting a very big boost. And I'm very interested to see if that. Yeah. And just just to note because they're in a very close playoff race also at the moment. So yeah, Justin Movali. Uh, they also released Justin Movali from. Uh, he was like their he was their other tough guy with with Basie and Bubba. So I yeah. 
And they signed Marquise Grant Menace, who is a very good player. I mean, he scored he scored in one game against the Thunder this year for the Hatricks, played a lot last year. Of course, his sister Mikayla is the best player in the in the uh, P, uh, not PWA, it's a PHF. Mm. She's the best player in the PHF by far. And she's the highest paid player with a average of the year by year salary of over a hundred thousand for a women's hockey player. Wow. Just, just those little things. So uh, that's the uh, FPHL this week. Uh, moving on to the on to the SPHL. So, Chris, I know you're just loving this. So I'll do the most of the talking. Um, well, you know what? I, I do know a little bit about. I've I've like seen a little bit more with the saga last week too. So, yeah. Uh, so I guess again, uh, if you didn't happen to catch our second live show talking about the Vermilion County situation, that is still ongoing. Um, it's a lot. Um, the shout Did out. You see Ellen's 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 family company with a statement yesterday. Yeah, that um that came out. They said they're they're not affiliated with the Vermilion County Bobcats, which they are. So I don't think I don't think they are. So I think that but yeah, that's a first statement. Isn't it wild that they were the first ones to say something before the actual SBHL or even the Bobcats did? Look, I I know I I kind of went on a rant during the last show about the SBHL and how they're handling the situation. It's I I understand they're kind of working um, within yeah. their bylaws. They can't do a lot. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's still you know like you got to you got to deal with what you got to do. Yeah. So all right, let's talk about the league now. Yeah, it's it, it's a lot. Go go listen to ten minutes rough. Excuse me, not that, but the ten minute misconduct ten podcast. Ten minute misconduct. Dante is yeah, sure. on there. Huh? Yeah, Don't don't, yeah they had him on there. there. All I'm going to say is very much the truth on that podcast. That's all I'm going to say. Very yeah. much the truth. KHL so, type shit, baby. KHL oh, stuff. You just, you just love it. Uh, so, uh, yeah. All right, let's go and start talking about the league. So, Peoria. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, they weren't supposed to play uh, until Sunday this week. That changed. Uh, they ended up playing <laughs> they two played, games. And they won. Yeah, they won their two games against Quad City. The, 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 they got the, ten wins in a row. I mean, they're yeah. good. They're, yeah, the, they might yeah. be the, they might be the, the favorite right now at this point. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Huntsville. Um, two game winning streak. They're seven two and uh, uh, one uh, shootout loss was technically seven and three in their last ten. I mean, one last ride, Chris. Will you say it for me? One last ride. One last ride. They got your boy back, too. Yeah. They got your boy Max back. Max Milosek is back. I fanboyed yeah. out on Twitter. Our boy, because he's in that server with us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get <laughs> the Miley like, Cocky Discord. Uh, it just, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it was a, it's a beautiful little thing, and you just love to uh, see it. He's such a good dude, too. And the mustache. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah, it's perfect. I'm excited that he's back. I, I'm glad, you know, you know, he's back from the um, uh, ECHL. Post. Yep. Yes. I mean, let's see. He was Toledo and then Fort Wayne. Yep. If I, yeah, he was right. good. He was good yeah. coach. It's just that that NHL numbers were really pushed it down, when, especially when Toledo got smashed and Kosa, who's like a big goalie prospect for the for the Red Wings right now. Yeah, I mean, it feels like you know he would seriously still be in the ECHL if it wasn't like it's there's and you know what, Chris? You know, I talked about this a couple of years ago. Whenever there's like a big goalie injury. Like you see the shift happen, like in all of Miley Cox all the time. 
Yeah. Felt like, remember last year during the COVID shift when everybody had got COVID at the end of the year last year? Yeah. Everybody went up, including Max. Dylan Kelly, like, went from the SB to the coast to, to an AHL gig. Like, come on. Yeah, that it's just like little craziness like that. It's always like, ah, I, 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 how is this happening? Yeah. Uh, but then Roanoke, uh, they're tied right now with Knoxville, 45 points. They didn't they have a great lost weekend. Leonard. They just lost Sean Leonard. Yeah. They didn't exactly have a great weekend. Uh, they only won one game. So they split uh, compared to Knoxville, who won three. I mean, both of these teams, I think they're, they're becoming very similar. I think top five is very fair for both of these teams. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about the other team. The team is kind of tied with fifth at the moment or third. Yeah, uh, it's like eh, not sure about that one. But how, how about like yeah for Knoxville, right? Knoxville's team is talking about next. Uh, yeah, Knoxville. I mean, again, like I said, three game winning streak. Uh, you know, this is a talk team about that, the job Clarky's done. A lot of fans yeah. are upset with Clarky, but Clarky coming in late. Well, okay, after hold on. I got I got I got to interrupt here because. Brett Clark has come in and he has made this team. It is not He has done an amazing job. And guess what? He has brought fe, brought Fed style hockey to the SPHL and is transitioning Which very well into this league. Yeah. I, I love J Mac. J Mac is one of the best players in the league, Justin McDonald. I mean, there was no way he should have been the Fed last year, but he wanted to, he wanted to have a chance to coach a little bit with Watertown, was the league MVP. He's an ECHL player playing playing in these leagues by far. Yeah, it's just it's like I know Knoxville fans hate him because he's getting rid of old favorites because he's actually wanting this team to win and not just be you know the old timers club. So yeah. the, I, the, they can hate that all they want, uh, but there there's a good chance they're going to go pretty deep into the playoffs this year. Didn't the next not, team, didn't the team we're talking about next get it, get it, one of those old timers or is that Pensacola who got one? Of those that was Pensacola. Yeah. That was Pensacola. Uh, but Birmingham, they're next up. I'm, I'm I, even though I'm a Huntsville fan, you know, you're you're supposed to hate Birmingham. I'm glad this team is actually seeing success for once. It's Me not too. Just a, Me too. Not, just How about Craig, man? Anymore. How about Craig Simchuk in the job he's done there? And he's got Kevin uh, yeah, Kerr yeah. with him as well. Yeah, I was about to say there's there's, there's some help, but still. He's also got Kevin Kerr there, which kind of helps, right? Yeah. It's just uh, great job it, it, done there. It is. Uh, but still, where they were last year. Especially from where they were last year. I mean, yeah. Uh, but then we have Evansville. Evansville is a unique case to me because mm. I feel like this is a team that I, I think Mark kind of agrees with me on this. They overperform, but they seem to overperform at the correct moments. And it's a very interesting yeah. case. I see that. And it's not saying, oh, this team is bad. I am saying that this team, I think, is slightly above average, but they become, they can go beyond that in the right moments and seeing this team is six. I think it, it, that's a very fair point. Would you say so seeing this team in six at the moment? Yeah, I, I, I could see them even passing fifth. I mean, they're tied for fifth right now. I can see them either. Cause when it comes down to the end, Evans still has a bunch of guys who can really lead that team to the next level. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they do come playoff time. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's going to, that's, that's a team that I, I kind of keep an eye on. Uh, but then we have yeah. Pensacola, who, by the way, has been on a uh, 7-3, 7-3 streak kind of on their last 10. Yeah, they played well. Good hockey right now for them. Yeah, just they, uh, got, they got a bunch of guys from Danbury. They picked up Danbury yeah. sent like three guys to them this year. Yeah, that's it's 
it's something that like you're like, oh, okay, yeah, you're you're you're, the, you're going there. Um, I'm surprised then, that not not many guys in Mississippi have gone there, especially some of the good players in Mississippi. Yeah, I'm. I'm I think maybe that maybe again, Vince call it. It well, it also depends on networking because if you like happen to know four yeah. guys. But, uh, but remember last out. year, Pace got a bunch of the guys that he knew from from Port Huron to play there as well. Yeah, that's so, true. But Pensacola went away with the Carolina guys, you know, the Czechs, Peter and Jan and Christian Pavlos. Mm-hmm. And now they've gone away with their own guys now. Yeah. Uh, but then we have Fayetteville, who's on a 10-game losing oh. streak. Oh, boy. This is bad. Yeah. I mean, it's not good there right now. Yeah, I, 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 I have to fill. It's like, oh, it's. Uh. Were they like fourth? Weren't they fourth a while back? Uh, they were hanging in fifth. That was the beginning of the, yeah. of the year, though. Man, what a drop. Uh, that's not a team you want to see drop down low. They're still in a playoff spot for now. But, but, but then we have our next team, Quad City. It's just sitting right there with two points right behind them. Now, Quad well, City. they got screwed. Uh, I think they they got screwed out of two wins possibly last yeah. weekend, maybe. Because they had to play Peoria instead of get a couple of four-foot wins against Vermilion County. Hey, they got two points for just showing up. Love that. Mm-hmm. Two points for showing up. Yeah, that's that. That's kind of like the things. It's it's just like, you know, uh, I think Quad City. I feel really bad for them. Uh, again, yeah. I just want to shout out. Again, I'm not going to keep going on about Vermilion County, but shout out to what Quad City did. You know, with that whole situation. Absolutely. Yeah. They, again, I've always said it's a class organization, and I've always Fine said if you get a chance to go, go play for them. Uh, yep. But yeah, it's just they they show their true colors, and those true colors are just absolutely amazing. Uh, with Quad City, it's just wow. Yeah. Uh, and then we have our last team, uh, Macon. For now, it's Macon. Roll Nick Neater. Roll Nicky. Love that guy. Yeah, hey, are we getting him on? Are we can get him on. I, I I would love to. Uh, I sent him a DM because he put out a tweet about some stuff, and uh, I invited him. I, I would love to come on and have him on. Uh, I know that they're not exactly, you know, the season's not exactly the best for them, which I hate. Maybe, maybe you have to I, wait until until uh, June. But Nick, my my former spring coach back in the day. Yeah, that that would that would be interesting. I, I would love to have you on, and then uh, we ask the, the wonderful conversations about Vermilion County. There we go. That That'd that be would fun. that'll be full circle. That, that's hey man, exactly I'm 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 about. hoping I'm hoping they get turned around, and get a couple more wins there, making good win the other yeah. day though. Very good win the other day. Oh yeah, I mean the way things are going, I think that they could they they have a chance to possibly pick up some. Amazing and they're gonna players. pick up some players. They're gonna pick up some guys from Vermilion County probably, or you know, a couple Fed guys here and there too. So. They don't have a bad roster. It's just that things are they're in such a tough situation as well. Yeah, uh, that that's kind of the thing for me. All right, well, uh, that's it for a fairly short episode of uh, Two Minutes Roughing this week. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, you can where Chris, where can everyone find you? CAG Hockey, of course, is some you may know. I'm the uh, current radio producer of the New York Riptide, the National Lacrosse League. Mm-hmm. Check me out there on Twitter. Um, got a bunch of broadcasts coming up. Go Riptide. Team's one and six right now, but hey, we, we prevail. Go team. Yeah. Uh, well, of course, I'm the Minor League Rando. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Minor League Rando uh, and such. Uh, expect, I expect some more news very soon <laughs> regarding everything. Yeah. So have fun yeah. with that. Yay. All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode, everybody. We'll shall see you next week. See you around. See you guys.